0: we will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. This is episode 26, and I'm your host, Corey Pennypacker. It is my absolute delight to be on the receiving end of your messages about this show. And I can't begin to tell you what it means to us to hear how you are not only enjoying this show, but finding it useful. Thank you for every note. I am reading them all. This week, we're talking to Don McClafferty, founder and president of Indiscipleship, a ministry to call parents back to discipling their own kids to Christ and to their God-given dream in serving others. God has opened the way for Don to launch In Discipleship in 34 countries. Praise God. Today's conversation is full of inspiration and I know it will have you thinking strategically about discipleship for the kids in your life. Before we get started, are you already a Bible to School leader? We love hearing from you and praying for you. We'd love to have a rowdy party celebrating what God is doing in the lives of the kids you're serving this week on social media. So jump on Instagram or Facebook and drop us a line. We're at Bible to School on every platform. Now let's dive right into this great conversation with Don McLafferty. Well, Don, welcome to You Can Tell the Children. It is such a treat to have you on our podcast. I met you recently through a mutual friend, and I found out that you love telling children about Jesus and helping parents tell children about Jesus, and you've been doing it for a long time, so welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Corey. It's great to be with you here.
0: Well, Don, tell us about your family first, about your, you know, where you're from. What you like to do for fun? We want to know mm-hmm. about you.
1: Mm-hmm. I was born and raised on the great island of Oahu, Hawaii. Ooh. And so my parents moved our family when I was about seven to Tennessee. I have the joy of being married to my wife, April, for 33 and a half years. We have three children that have grown up and flown the coop, but we're still <laughs> having the joy of still uh, being a disciple maker in their lives. They're all three g- grown-up kids now today. We love hiking. I love hiking. And my wife and I have hiked probably several, oh, maybe 10,000 miles. I don't know, because mm-hmm. we love walking together every day. So we always walk or hike every day, pretty much that I'm home. And I love cooking when I'm not doing something with people all around the world.
0: Wow, so you're cooking, and then you're walking off all those calories. Is that right?
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs>
0: Wow, sounds like you have you have a, f- a fun time. But you said that you disciple your children, even though they're adult children. And I have adult children as well, mm-hmm. and so this whole thing you and I had talked about of of discipleship. I'm gonna just dive right into it because you have so much knowledge on it. I want our listeners to hear you. It centers everything that we're gonna talk about today is about how to disciple your children or children around you and your circle of influence. But the word discipleship, how would you define that? on. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, let's define it as it is in Jesus, because of course you could disciple somebody to all kinds of people or <laughs> other, or other you know, options that the world offers. So a disciple of Jesus is someone who is in relationship with somebody who is actively mentoring them to walk with Jesus and talk with Jesus and share Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit. So his relationship focused rather than just giving information to a child and then running. And Mm -hmm. so the relationship aspect of discipling is is integral to the whole process. Jesus did that with the 12 so beautifully. Mm -hmm. He poured his life into them. He walked with them, talked with them, ate with them, camped with them under the stars. And in that kind of relationship, he came alongside of their faith journey again and again and again, not just once, but repeatedly.
0: He was consistent. He was yes. intentional. Yes. Yes. And that's what we're looking for with discipleship. It's not just a once and done thing or one conversation. It's you're doing life with people. I love yes. that.
1: Yes. yes, yeah. And that's what intrigues me about what you do as well with Bible to School because I sense that it's not just a one-shot thing. You're, you're having an ongoing relationship with these kids.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. But you found it, and your organization intrigues me as well. You founded an international organization called In Discipleship. I'd love to hear that. Like what weighed on your heart, Don? What made you start an organization called In Discipleship?
1: Well, you know, this real, a real, real quick story is that years ago when my wife and I had been praying for some time, we had noticed in our youth ministry that many parents and grandparents had come up to us over the years and said things like, I've lost my kids. Like mm. not just lost from church, but lost mm. them from Christ. Like what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. And so for many months, my wife and I prayed about that and said, God, what could be done to address mm-hmm. that issue? It's not the issue of any one denomination. It's the issue of us as Christians with our kids. It's, it's a big problem globally. Yeah. Would you agree?
0: Yes, I do agree.
1: So one day I was walking down the trail and I was saying, God, what idea could you share with me? I just want to know what could be done for children that we're not doing already. And that still small voice of God stopped me in the, the, the tracks right there and said, Don. Uh, You're not discipling the kids. And and Corey, I was shocked because you are a youth pastor.
0: Wait a minute.
1: I thought, hey, wait a minute. We do all these lovely programs for kids. How God, how could you even say such a thing? You know, I was a little little offended, you could say. And uh, (laughs) and I'm just saying it the way it was, because you know, we don't need to impress each other as believers in Christ. We don't need to try to impress God. And he had to confront me with the fact that even though we do many programs, and even though I've done many programs with children. And youth, it doesn't mean that just because a child goes through a program that they're a disciple of Christ. In fact, many, many children go through all kinds of beautiful Sunday school programs, youth programs, all kinds of things, come out the other end of that and are still not an intentional follower of Jesus Christ. So the, the other thing that he confronted me on, I kept on walking and that still small voice of God said, well, one more thing, you're divorcing the child from their parents. And I recoiled on the, the track there. I was like, what on earth is God doing yeah. by that? What That's does that mean? Thing. Yeah. yeah. And then he, he led me to Deuteronomy 6, of course, the, from the mm-hmm. Shema. And love it's that. this incredible strategy that God has that we have largely forgotten, mm-hmm. where it says that we should teach our own children how to love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul. We should teach our own children to do that. And he pointed out to me that much of our programming, much of my programming in the past, had actually made it too easy for the parent to drop off the child and not be spiritually involved. Mm. So those two confrontations from God, coupled with a couple years before that, one night I was heading out of, out of our home when Jason and Julie, our two oldest kids, were just little kids. And I said, Daddy, where are you going? I said, Oh, I'm going off to another meeting. Like as if what a crazy question to ask your daddy. And <laughs> and they said, Daddy, stay home and play. I said, I can't stay Aww. home and play. I said, uh, because my meeting starts in five minutes and it's right across the road. I've got to go. So I reached down to give them a quick hug and kiss and I held them up against my heart. And then I said, I, I have to go. And so I tried to, to stand up and they would not let me go. Like they held on ferociously. Aww. And they said, daddy, we will not let you go. I said, well, you have to let me go. And I gently had to pry off their little hands around off my neck. And I said, I have to go. And two little sets of hands reached up to me and said, daddy, we're just asking, please stay home just tonight. Now that time in my life and ministry, I was out about seven nights a week. I was going, 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 working with everybody's kids and families, but my own for the most part. And so That was the first confrontation, actually. And that was really from Malachi 4, 5, and 6, where it says, I'll send you the prophet Elijah. He will turn the hearts of the fathers back to their kids, the kids back to their fathers. So these three things coupled together, that parents need to personally be involved with their own kids and that we need to intentionally have a relationship with those kids so that we can help them have a relationship with Jesus. We need to actually come alongside of their journey. These things, and then, you know they they come together to form the backdrop of why God laid on our hearts to start up with uh, what used to be called kids in discipleship. that today it's in discipleship. In discipleship today has kids in discipleship as part of it that's helping parents disciple their own kids. And when I say parents, it could be parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, you know all of them, and and even big brothers, big sisters. Then we also have schools in discipleship. Hmm. And that's where we equip parents to work with the teachers and also to work with uh, the pastors of local churches in the area and community people. So all of them to work together. And the Schools and Discipleship focuses most of all, of course, on the school itself, the teachers themselves and the students there and gives them skills and mentoring on how to have their own personal revival and how to be intentional in your school to disciple the new generation for Christ.
0: And that, when I understand you say school, you mean a Christian school because in public school, you can't quite reach in and do that except for what we do, right?
1: Yes. For the most part, in our nation here, in the United States of America, I have worked with Christian schools. However, mm. I have had a very amazing breakthrough from heaven that intrigues me because it's far, far away on the other side of the planet in Africa, but we have a nation there of Zambia. That's actually opened the doors to say, we are asking for help in discipling every public school teacher to disciple every child to Christ. Mm. And Corey, that makes me say, Oh God, if you can do that for Zambia, why couldn't you do that for the United States of America? So I am intrigued by what you're doing and wondering <laughs> how God may may pull this off in these amazing times we're living in.
0: Yes. And if you don't know already, Bible to School equips uh, moms and dads and grandparents to teach the Bible to public school children here in the United States.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that what you're doing is very interesting to us as well. So in, in the body of Christ, uh, that school idea of community, it really is the idea of community around the children. That it's yes. not just something that they visit on Sunday in a program. It is all week long in the, all the adults in their lives. And that discipleship is, is something really serious. It's really yes. important, very important. So tell me a little bit more about how In Discipleship works. How do you help people? How do you serve and, and equip mm-hmm. uh, leaders?
1: So first of all, and I missed this for many, many years, I missed this component, but first of all, we offer intergenerational revival, an event. So that is an event, but an event that is for moms, dads, their sons, their daughters, grandkids, nieces and nephews, but it's something intergenerational for the whole church and or whole community to come together and grow together in what it means to have a living relationship with Jesus in a personal way. And so sometimes, uh, many times, I should say in the early years, when my wife and I first started in discipleship, we jumped right into equipping the parent to disciple their kids. Uh-huh. And we didn't realize how desperately we need to be awakened. Like revival to me means to be a, Awaken to our great need for Jesus and Mm. to run to Jesus just as we are, and to get back in the Word of God and to start meeting that hunger we have for something more living with Jesus. Mm
0: -hmm. So, what I'm hearing you say then, the word revival, and again, that's another word that can mean different things to different people. It's dependent on your background. It's an event where you actually create a space where people can either meet Jesus or meet Jesus again or just mm-hmm. really come back, am I understanding that? Come back yes. to kind of the basics of your relationship with Jesus because the yes. world pulls us apart. The world, yes. you know, just you automatically drift from God. So yes. to, in order to disciple people, anybody, you need to be right with God yourself. Is that what I'm hearing you say?
1: Yes. Like revival to me, it could be, in the, it could be a home-led revival. It could be a church-led. It could be a school-led revival. It could be a community-led. But it, it has to be a moment where we get real with God and we address mm. our need for Jesus. If we don't address that, then to go to a parent or to a teacher or a community person and say, would you like to invest loads of your time into mentoring your child or somebody else's child for Christ? It's like, uh, well, I'm pretty busy. Yeah. But if if we have a revival with Jesus Christ first, then our heart is like a plowed field and it's ready for the planting for the Holy Spirit to come and call us to live as a disciple ourselves and to disciple the new generation.
0: Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. What happens after I die? If we're honest, this is a question that even us as adults wonder about, isn't it? The fact is, we're all gonna die someday. And it's easy enough to understand what happens to our physical bodies as we can observe the process of deterioration and decay. But what happens to our souls? When discussing this with a child, focus on the gift of eternal life in heaven Christ offers us when we believe in Him. Revelation 21 unlocks some great descriptions of heaven that we can all look forward to, like there'll be no more death, no more tears, no more sadness, that it will shine with the glory of God and be beautiful, and we will be with God forever there. That's something to celebrate and look forward to together with a child. So tell us more about, okay, so you, you have the, now you have a revival. Yes. And now you have these people in, who are ready and going. What kind of things do you do to next. help them? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So after the revival, then it depends on the church, the school, the community, but what they would be ready for next. But we have many, many small group resources. We have trainings where we, let's zero in first on, on the parent. We have trainings where we equip parents on how to disciple their own children in their own home. To me, that's mission critical, and it's true to Deuteronomy six. I'm married to a teacher. My parents are teachers. My grandmother was a teacher. I highly respect teachers. (laughs) Now that being, and I almost became a teacher, but uh, like an elementary school teacher. But that being said, elementary school teachers, academy, high school teachers, you know, university teachers, youth ministers. We can go list on and on. Sunday school teachers. All of us who do all those things are not there to replace what God wants to do in the home. Mm. We're there to reinforce. And Mm. in the case of like what I understand from Bible to school, in your case, your ministry is addressing that some kids don't have any option in their home because maybe no one's teaching them. No one wants to teach them. But we want to bottom line, create a relationship between homeschool and church and community where it's a full court press to disciple the child. So after revival, we offer trainings for parents. We offer trainings for teachers. Like I said, schools and discipleship training. We offer small group leadership training, and we have many resources that God's helped us develop over the years. We don't sell any of them. We only give them, oh, uh, Wow! and that's the joy of being a disciple. He, he says, freely I've given to you, free, so freely give. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, now I'm curious. and mm-hmm. I'm sure our listeners are too. What are some practical and effective ways of discipling children that might be in a couple of your, your small group, what are your, your favorite ones you tell people that we can use for today, for our our circle of influence of our children?
1: Like some practical tips you're saying.
0: Yes, please.
1: So, okay. So one right immediately that comes to my mind and it's easy to forget again, discipleship is all about relationship. So I'll just tell a quick story. There was a time I can think of right now where one of our children and I was not connecting. I think it was when our one of our daughters was just becoming a teenager, our eldest daughter. And I was thinking, hmm. you know, we're having family worship in our home, but she and I are not seeming like we're really on the same page. And I thought about that and prayed about it. And God reminded me, you know, when's the last time you went outside to play basketball with her? Because that's something hmm. she really loved at that age. And I said, good point. I've gotten a little too busy as a daddy. So I remember going back out there when she got out of school the next day. And I said, you know what? I said, uh, I've got you know 15 or 20 minutes, whatever it was. I said, it's not long, but i love to play a game right now. She was surprised and very <laughs> happy. And off we went to having a game. Now, why is it so important? Without relationship, we cannot grow disciples. And I noticed that as I started re-engaging with our eldest daughter with having a game to play, then, of course, at the end of the game, you're huffing and puffing and you're, you're laughing and talking. And then little God gives us little windows to their hearts. Yes. And it became more natural to share like, hey, how are you and Jesus doing since we talked about that last? And we had those conversations. So that's number one is if you are a a parent, an uncle, aunt, teacher, whoever, a Sunday school teacher listening right now and and you're thinking, ah, I'm a little frustrated. I'm not getting through to little Jamie or whoever it is. Ask yourself and ask God, is there something that I have forgotten to do To build a relationship with that precious person. And God wants Mm. us to build a safe and respecting relationship with every child. So that's tip one. Does that connect with your heart?
0: I love that, Don. That's really good.
1: And it doesn't have to be a big thing. You know, sometimes we think, you know, as parents, we can say, I don't have the money to, to go do this big thing. No, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Find what your kid is into. As long as it doesn't compromise the word of God, get into it with them. If it compromises the word of God, then yeah, just say, sorry, I can't go there with you. Can't do it. But other than that, get in it. Yes, And, and yes. do it with them.
0: I can remember Legos. I wasn't my favorite thing to do. Or then later on, it was paintball. And that was, that. I have all boys. And it painful. was very, very, very painful. I, I'm really glad we're out of the paintball phase. But you're right, it creates that time and space and, and that they want to talk to you. Yes. That they're, they're, they're relaxed with you and they're having fun. You're having fun yes. with them. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so that's point one. Uh, one. Just one more for your time is not after you build a relationship. Relationships have to be tended to all the time. But as you're in relationship with them, then be ready for when God opens that window of time to be a storyteller. Now, Corey, a lot mm. of parents around the world tell me, I'm not a storyteller. We'll say, Don, I'm not a storyteller. I just can't do it. I'm just not a storyteller. You know what? I disagree with any parent or any person that works with kids that tells me they're not a storyteller. Everybody's a storyteller. <laughs> Everybody is. Yeah. I mean, you might say, Corey, how did it go at uh, in your office? You know, today, and you you, you know you come and, and you're meeting for them, meeting them for coffee or whatever. And don't we tell stories? You know, all the time. Like, oh, it's an awful day at work. This is what happened. You won't believe this customer that came in. You know, whatever. So we need to develop those same skills and cry out to God and say, God, I need you, oh God, to teach me how to be a storyteller for the child in my life. Either my biological child or the child that I have in my class or whatever. I need your help, God, to be a storyteller. Now, there's no way that God's going to refuse a believer who cries out to God, God, I want to know how to be a storyteller so I can pass on how great you are to the new <laughs> generations, there's not, there's no way that God's going to say, "Uh, it's only for certain people." I'm going to make storytellers. No, everybody can be a storyteller for Christ. Mm-hmm. So children love stories. Uh, stories, of course, are more concrete and they have skin on them, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. And children too often only receive truth about Jesus in information giving ways. Mm-hmm. And stories are an incredible vehicle to teach the word of God and principles from the word of God. So being very, very specific is here's an easy way for a a parent or a person who loves children to start becoming a storyteller. Ask yourself in your whole lifetime as an adult, God help me remember a time or two when you stepped in my life. And I I know without a shadow of a doubt, it was you. It wasn't a human that intervened. Mm. And think of the times like when he protected you from something dangerous, when he provided for you, when you had nothing that you needed right in that circumstance. These are pretty easy. I've found, I've, I've shared these kind of things with audiences around the world. And, and that's, you know, most people will raise their hand and say, oh, I can think of one time or 10 or 20 times like that.
0: And that's exciting to children. They're on the edge of their seat. That happened to you? Did that, what mm-hmm. happened next, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So tell those stories. And then don't preach at the end, but just tuck in just a uh, very short, and you might tuck in at the end and say, you know what? This shows me that this promise in the Word of God, like it says in Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all your needs. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's all you have to say. Just something really, really short and say, you know, the Word of God is so true. And mm-hmm. just like you heard it in the story, wow, you can count on it.
0: Oh, that's such good stuff, Don. I appreciate that. Yeah, spend time with them, I hear you say. Mm-hmm. and tell stories about God or about Mm -hmm. your life, but also tuck God into there. And Mm -hmm. that will lead them and focus them on God. I love it. I love Mm -hmm. it. Well, tell me, you have all these great resources. We want to know more where we can find these resources. Don, can you tell Mm -hmm. us?
1: Yes. If you go to our website at indiscipleship.org, if you go there, you can find downloadable free resources, small group resources, all kinds of resources.
0: Yeah, so they can contact you as well, right? Yes. All okay. right. Wow. Well, wrapping this up, equipping parents and mentors and leaders to disciple all these children. I mean, care and trust and follow Jesus. What an awesome thing passion we share here, Don, for Mm -hmm. children and parents. So Mm -hmm. would you mind praying over them for us, our listeners and all that, so that we can become great disciple makers?
1: I would love to. Let's pray. Thank you. Dear Father in heaven, it's not just that Jesus loves our kids. You, Father, love our kids so very much. So Father, we're asking you in the powerful name of Jesus to make every one of us listening today Every one of us, make Corey, make myself, make every one of us listening, no matter what our particular interaction is with a child, make us, first of all, a disciple of Jesus ourselves. And then secondly, make us a Holy Spirit-led disciple maker to a child in our life. First, our own children, but then other children beyond the doors uh, of our own home. God, we ask for the compassion for that, the love of children that you have, and help us to do this with uh, the kindness and the grace and the gentle spirit of Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Don.
1: Absolutely. It's been a joy.
0: Wow, I just love the tips Don shared about discipling children. So easy and so simple. Doing things they like and opening up that lane to talk about spiritual things. Are you going to become a storyteller this week and connect the ending to God somehow? This type of intentional and consistent discipleship is life transforming and begins when kids hear the gospel in everyday life. Check out our show notes to find the resources Don shared. We can't wait to see what God will do this week as you step out and explore discipleship of a child. Are you curious how to disciple kids in public school? Learn more about Bible to School and how simple it can be to begin a Bible to School program in your local public school. Visit our website, at bibletoschool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Until next week, remember, the gospel is changing lives around the world and it starts when you tell the children in your life about the love of Jesus.